It is that time again. Marvelous Mondays with Knox Unleashed. I see that we have a few people already here hanging out with us. You guys have. <laughs> okay. I promise. I'm not trying to do a long show today. I have no idea how all of these shows somehow turn out to be an hour and a half, two hours. I'm not going to do that. I'm really going to hold myself to like 30 minutes. All right. That's what I'm going to try and do today. 30 minutes. I got a clock. I want to be done at 538. All right. I was eight minutes late getting started. But that's okay. So Marvelous Mondays, where we talk about the downfall of the wicked. Uh, what's up, Darren? How you doing, bro? Darren Stead. My brother, Pastor Darren Stead. Smart guy. I like him a lot. It's going to be at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference in um, Kentucky. It's going to be hosting a... Um, hey, why don't you put up what it is you're going to be doing and where you're going to be doing it at? I sound like a preacher. Just a quick sermon for today. <laughs> I do have that. Uh, I'm not going to hold you long. I'm just going to go ahead and just give you what the Lord has put on my heart to tell you. I do. Uh, I see right now out of the people that are watching, only two of you have liked this. Now, listen, I've told you guys about this already. Y'all know what to do. Hit the share button. Hit the like button. Let's get it popping up in here. Let's control the algorithm and not let them control us. Do I have to tell you this? Every time we do it, you know what to do, people. There you go. I see. Let's bring them. Now I sound like a charismatic preacher. Let's bring those likes up, people. Let's let's get them likes going. <laughs> now, I, now I totally sound like a charismatic preacher. All right. Uh, before. So, oh, man, I have three clips. I'm going to try something new today. Yes. What's up, Young Flav? It is a marvelous Monday because Christ is king. We're going to talk about how he's ruling some of his kingdom. It is amazing uh, what God. <laughs> Man, I can't. I got. I got three things. I want to talk about Ibram X. Kendi. This he's in the news right now, and what his organization is doing. And then I want to talk about Ayanna Presley because she popped up inside my feed, and I couldn't wait until in Thread Inception Thursdays to talk about it. And then I have to talk about the Telegraph. Now it might not necessarily go in that order. Actually, I got Ayanna Presley up first, and I'm gonna make a comment that is not necessarily obvious on face value. So. I want to talk about something behind some of the things that she talks about. So first, let me tell you about my lovely sponsor. I want to talk about New Heart Treasures. They are a small business with a mission to create Christian merchandise for the glory of God and to help the people of God unashamedly express their faith. They are Knox Unleashed's first sponsor. That's right. They are my first sponsor. Thomas Carpenter, I'm new to watching this thing with the thing we are texting about fit to today thomas no <laughs> it would not i i was going live and so i couldn't text you back but thomas i'm gonna text you back but thomas is a stalker thomas carpenter man he was texting me and then this dude decided to stalk me on social media thomas you're scaring me you just got married you should have better things to do than be paying attention to what i'm doing over here i just want to tell you that's what you should be doing but back to my sponsor <sighs> new heart treasures they um they sell T-shirts, they sell tote bags, tumblers, stickers, greeting cards, onesies, and more like coffee mugs, which I plan on getting one of those from them. And um, they're doing uh, biblical texts. They're going to be uh, creating some frames with scripture, um, some psalms that you can hang up in your house. The owner is Hannah McQuarrie, and she is happy to work with you on a custom design as well. So you can place your order um today at newhearttreasures.com that's newhearttreasures with the s at the end.com where you can ask questions or check this out this is really cool i have never out of all the ads i've read 
I don't think I've read one quite like this, where you can you can send them uh, a message there at newhearttreasures.com, or you can ask a question um, and get a prayer request if you so need. So if you need somebody to pray for you, um, newhearttreasures.com, and you can pick up a T-shirt after the prayer. Uh, you can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at New Heart Treasures and on X at New In Heart Treasures. Go follow them on X. They're my sponsors. Uh, they help me do what I do so you can have some entertainment. So appreciate it. Did I mention that Hannah was like 18 years old? She saved up nine grand to start this company. She's awesome. Go support Hannah. And by supporting her, you're supporting me. All right. So uh, Thomas said that he's grabbing groceries and he's shopping right now. So that's why he was able to. Thomas, I don't want any excuses. You're stalking. It's okay. I'm fine with your stalking. I'll get over it pretty soon. All right. So. I got a text message from <clears throat> Vody Bacham. You know, we're friends. And uh, so he's given me one of the clips that I'm going to play today. But I thought it'd be interesting to talk about Ayanna Presley just a little bit. And this is probably going to bump into each other. And I'm going to try it. This is going to seemingly seem like they conflict, but they don't. And I'm going to try my best to bring these together. Uh, inside of Spaces, if you're there and you haven't shared this, don't don't plan on talking. I'm just that's that's my tax. I tax you. If you want to talk, you're gonna have to share. Anybody on social media right here, look, guys, hit the like button. Peter Anselmo. <laughs> okay, quick story about Peter Anselmo. Somebody uh, was hanging with Peter and they sent me a picture with them. Uh, I think it was John Crawford, and I said, "Oh, I hate that guy." <laughs> Peter Anselmo just came in the room and said, "Still love you, David." Don't dead name me, bro. My name is Chocolate Knox. I don't like the dead name me. That's why I don't like you, Peter. Oh. So I want to start here. <laughs> I want to start with Ayanna Presley. She was just with Jake Taper, and she was on his show. And this actually happened. I believe that we are in the midst of a humanitarian crisis and there needs to be federal investment to support those migrant families. And I work with a number of those community-based organizations on the ground and they need more support. They need more federal support. This is a humanitarian crisis. And it's the consequence of a number of longstanding uh, broken. Now, I just want you to pay attention to this real quick. Uh, if you're seeing this, you should look at Jake Taper's face uh, because she started this off by saying, hey, I believe our borders are secure. Now, I'm about to get mad in just a second. N not because of that, but because of what Ayanna Pressley is about to make me do. Policies uh, that, um, you know, are very consequential for asylum seekers, uh, TPS holders, and DACA recipients uh, writ large. But that is a conversation for another day. Sure. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with, with you, this being a humanitarian crisis at all. But I, I do. I, I actually disagree with that part, Taper. Just to get some clarity on this, and, and sure, that's a conversation for another day, but do you think that the border is secure? I just, do, is that what you said? Yes, the border is secure. If you're watching this, she just said that with a straight face and she didn't flinch at all. Now, I don't know if because she doesn't have any hair that makes her a great liar. Um, I don't have any hair and I can't even lie that well. But she just lied so good. Like, girl, that's, that's, on, another, that's on another level. And we're in the midst of a humanitarian crisis that has been created by a broken system. And in the meantime, uh, we need federal investment to support uh, my constituents and those who call the MA 7th home writ large, which is why we need to prevent a government shutdown. 
Um, I want to center the humanity of the. If you're watching this, you got to see Taper's face. He can't get over the fact that she believes that the border is secure and he's not letting it go. He's just letting her talk. He's just like, now, if you don't know who Ayanna Presley is, she's the representative out of uh, Massachusetts. And so she's been a part of the squad and the squad has been me making things crazy for the last three years for some of the Democrats. But this is like looking at Taper's face. It's hilarious. The dignity, the safety and the needs of everyone. Well, did you say dignity and safety of the needs of everyone? Huh. This is why we should not have a government shutdown. It will be deeply consequential. It will create a dire situation for families, um, many that are already struggling. But if you have millions of undocumented migrants coming into the country, how is the border secure? <laughs> you know what? The, the this gives me hope because this lets me know that journalism itself is not completely dead. Wow, that's not pregnant at all. Jake, this is not a new crisis. Um, it does require uh, more political will. Does it, though? <sighs> and, uh, and commitment. Uh, it is a humanitarian crisis. We should treat it as such. And again, representing one of the most uh, diverse uh, constituencies in the country. And in fact, I chair the House Haiti Caucus. I represent the third largest Haitian diaspora uh, in the country. And what I see on the ground is uh, community-based organizations uh, and municipalities who, who need federal support. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I, I am, but go ahead, Jake. You take it. It's your show. Except for the idea that the border is secure. I mean, if you have people... Crossing the border, it's just by definition not secure. Whoa, whoa, Jake, Jake, here you go, trying to define stuff. What are you, what are you doing? You can't use definitions with these people. Didn't you, we've been trying to do that for the beginning of the social justice movement, Jake, come on. If you have people coming to the United States, in fact, I mean, one of the arguments being made and I think it's an argument worth considering, is that because our border is so porous, millions of people make this very unsafe journey. Millions of people give money to... Notice how Jake flips it back on her. If this is a humanitarian crisis, then why would we want to allow borders to be open so that people can harm themselves in the process of trying to get over here? That's actually really... You know, conservatives don't do that as well as the liberals do. And Jake's trained people who prey on them, coyotes, and take them on these journeys to cross into the United States, Oof. preying on them, vulnerable people. Come and on, Jake. You know, this is, <clears throat> I'm going to say it in a second. I'm going to tell you why this clip makes me so mad. That's because the border is not secure. Because it is not secure, they go on this journey. And one of the arguments that is made, and maybe you disagree with it, is that the border should be secure so as to discourage people from making this journey. Um, so that if people want to try to come to the United States and declare asylum and seek asylum, they go through the proper corridors uh, and not just try to cross illegally. I, but it just seems like just such a, a refusal to acknowledge reality just to say that the border is secure when we all know <laughs> millions of people are crossing. Reality. <laughs> Sorry, I should laugh so hard. <laughs> In the border illegally every year. Can I just, Jake? Mm. 
This is this is why it makes me upset. I'm gonna let Ayanna Presley finish, and then I'm gonna tell you. Jake, and and that is a consequence of a, a number of things. Um, we have uh, climate refugees, people that have been disabled in, in regions that are destabilized. Is that no climate refugees? Huh. Um, by extreme weather events. Sure. Maybe they need to repent. We have people that are violence and corruption. You guys know my take on climate stuff? I'm going to give it to you real quick. Uh, there's no way. There's no I just looked at the time. There's no way I'm going to be done in 30 minutes. I said it's going to be a short show. I'm going to try. But this is making me crazy. Okay, so here's my take on climate stuff. I don't think it's an accident that we might possibly have some stuff going on with climate. That's my take. You know why? Because that's what happens when you're an idolater and you have idolatry running rampant in your nation. Your food dries up. Your, your weather acts crazy. You don't have water. It's not odd that we might have some problems going on because that's what happens. Um, maybe they need to repent. Yes, Leviticus 18. Thank you to Darren. Pastor Steed, you're welcome. I don't know if you shared the show or not, but you're welcome to maintain talking while I'm talking so I can have something good to say. This is what happened. Go read Hosea chapter 4. Go read Deuteronomy 28. Go read anywhere in your Bible where prophets are coming against the people of God because they've allowed idols to rule their land. Idolatry doesn't stay put. It actually has an effect on the land itself. The land will engage in spewing you out because of how you are acting towards it in the face of God. You are the, um, you are, oh, I lost the word, but you are the virus because of the way that you're acting. You're supposed to be the steward and the steward gets blessings when he acts the way he's supposed to act to God's creation. But when you turn to idols and you become a priest for them instead of a priest for God, the land spews you out and you have this type of problem that could lead to, I'm not saying I believe all the stuff with climate change, but some stuff ain't, we need to be looking at it and be like, Oh, are we honoring God? And what have we done? Corruption. Yep. Uh, and so we just have to acknowledge why someone would leave um, their native uh, country and their. Cause rent's free over here in America. If you can find the right spot and the government helps you out and the borders are open. And because you haven't honored God, God is sending people to take you over because you haven't repented. That's why people are coming. Family and risk so much. It is 100%. because they are imp an yeah. asylum is a human right. <laughs> okay. And so we must do better and more by TPS holders, by DACA recipients and asylum seekers. I love Taper's face right now. <laughs> he can barely stomach his own side. And we must do more and better by those who already call this country home, who stand to really struggle if there is a Republican government shutdown that could have been avoided if the Republicans knew how to govern. But instead, um, they uh, lead from a place of contempt, callousness, and cluelessness, and they continue to play to the most extreme parts of their base, political gamesmanship, playing with people's lives. And I'm not here for it. Boy, there's so much to say on that. And that is also why, given how many people are struggling. But are the borders secure? It, that was the question. And Taper's face at this point is like, I'm not going to get a solid answer out of her. I'm calling on the and to not resume a student loan payments October 1st if we are in a government shutdown. What that have to do with you? Okay. It sounds like in there you acknowledged 
that there are millions of people crossing the border illegally, <laughs> which would mean that the border is not secure. But um, I, I mean, I don't disagree with any of the points you made about. I do. These people are trying to seek better lives and they're escaping well, all sorts of horrible things. But would you grant me the point that the border is not secure? Jake, that is a conversation for another day. Oh. oh. So here, here's, I don't want you to get lost in the conversation that she's having with Taper over the border. That's not, excuse me, that is not the big conversation here. The thing that bothers me. No, she is a bold face. You know what? She is a bald face liar. How about that? Because she is bald. Um, but she's lying. Just clear out, and everybody knows she's lying. But that isn't the big thing that's so bothersome. There's two things that are bothersome. The first thing is, why in the world does she make me have to cheer on Taper? I don't want to cheer for this man. I don't want to agree with him, man. Me and Taper on the same side, something's wrong. I don't like it. Don't make me feel right. I feel dirty. I feel like I want to take a shower because she got me sitting up here agreeing with Taper. I don't like him. He's wrong, too. Is she going to just shove me and him all in the same corner? That ain't right, man. So that's one thing. When I'm sitting up here feeling like I need to cheer on taper, and I'm like, wait a second, what am I doing? Ugh, leaves a horrible taste in your mouth. But here's the second thing, and I started thinking about this a little more. Why is it that she's actually in the place that she's in? we didn't have anybody that could run against her and beat her in Massachusetts. There were no Christian men who were capable, who love God, who actually don't take bribes, who hate how the wicked punish the, the poor and who have been good stewards of their family and faithful in their churches. There was no man in Massachusetts that could beat that liar. This is, says a lot less about her and a lot more about us. What kind of man have we been raising up that can't beat that? That's simple. That's an easy win. It should have been an easy win for us. But that's not. But we couldn't beat that. That was convicting. I mean, think about it. I mean, you, everybody knows, even her own side, Jake Taper's on her team. There's no doubt about it. And he can barely stomach half the things she's saying. Oh. All right, let me cue up this other clip. So there's one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't get ahead of me. Oh, don't get ahead of me. I didn't know I could put two up at once. I'm learning here. I'm trying. I'm trying. So before I want to go and and, and like... There's all sort of criticism that she rightly deserves. And somehow she's the one who represents us in one way or another. Man, I got to take that one to heart and be like, have you ever heard that oh, Pastor David Reese talks about that? If he was here, I'd have him jump in and talk about it right now. But he talks about the bramble bush. And there's a, oh, I can't remember where it is. can't remember where the story is. Pastor Stid, do you remember where the story is in the Bible where it talks about the bramble bush? I can't recall it right now. But basically, there's a story that goes through all the authorities that are there. You have different trees. Um, you have a fruit tree, and you have a, a trees for beauty, and you have all these different trees. And, and no one wants to actually take authority. It goes through all of these to the point it gets down to the bramble bush who says, um, 
I think it's the wine tree or the uh, the tree of the the. Um, I can't remember what tree it is, but one of the trees, one of the higher, bigger, more important trees that makes good con- good fruit and provides uh, says, I can't go and manage this work because if I do that, then I won't have time for all the things that I'm doing that's wonderful. And my focus is right here. So Luke 6, 44, we're going to see if Darren is right about that. Luke 6, 44. So I'm going to paraphrase it. Um. And you can go look it up and get the better context. But it goes all, all through all these trees who refuse to take responsibility to manage something. And because they do, they get under the management of the bramble bush. It says, okay, the bramble bush says, I'll, I'll, I'll take the responsibility and I'll manage all this stuff. But here's the deal. You guys are going to have to come underneath me. You guys, now imagine a huge, tall oak tree getting underneath a bramble bush. You have to bend down to me and you will be underneath me. And it diminishes all the glory of the other trees and the other bushes. That's what happens when we choose not to actually take responsibility. We lose the authority. And the ones who have... um, You're not talking about judges, nine? You, You keep searching for their pastor. And when you find it, we'll both know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> but when we stop taking responsibility, I don't care. Um, we are going to lose the authority that we should have in public society. We can't, we, we can't just relegate ourselves over to like, I'm doing a great job. I'm doing a good work. Um, D- Darren says it's judges nine. Uh, and I'm just going to keep doing that work. You're going to you look, I've talked about this before. As you're doing good work in one area, God opens up your borders to others and not to engage with that, not to garden that, not to um, cultivate that. Someone else will cultivate it and put all of the stuff that you have underneath them and you will be stunted. And that's what we have right here. We're out of Presley. We are underneath the bramble bush of the squad and women like this. Because we we choose not to govern in all areas of life. We act like there's a place that Christ himself doesn't have authority over. Or we act like we're too busy to do it. Well, okay, be too busy. But then say nothing when somebody likes that, like, like Yana Presley, comes up and, and lies to you boldface. Get busy. Be busy. Don't, don't pay attention. Then when your taxes are sky high, don't say nothing. When your borders are getting overrun because you haven't been engaging with the uh, with the authority God has given you because you haven't been taking responsibility for where you're at and you're ruled by bramble bushes, this is a just ruling. All right. So, Vody sent me this clip. But before I get to this clip, there's an article out there. I think it's by Telegraph. I'm trying to see if I can pull it up on my phone. The social justice movement is getting exposed, and a lot of people, a lot of people are, let me see, I, can, I think I could pull it up, because I think um, Delano Squire shared it too. A lot of people are starting to come to the realization that the social justice movement in 2020, uh, the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement, tricked them all, fooled them. I think it's the Telegraph where they said, um, you know, we lost our minds in 2020. I'm going to try. I'm going to find it because it was. Uh, oh, it's probably my pictures. I think I screen grabbed it. 
I didn't screen grab it. I just ran across another picture, though. It says that um, straight men psychologically stress response to seeing two men kissing is the same as seeing maggots. I think that's wrong. Uh, no, it's not. Maggots are at least natural. <clears throat> anyway, that wasn't what I was supposed to talk about. So anyway, so the, the, I'll have to paraphrase this. So from from the uh, Telegraph, they basically said, hey, we got fooled. And just recently, uh, they were lamenting the fact that this part, some BLM group, um, w there was a time when they were throwing this statue over into the the lake, and that group has now finding out that there uh, somebody is doing an investigation. That group is missing something like thirty thousand dollars and more, and so people are like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, we got played," and so people are starting to wake up to the inconsistencies of the movement and realizing they got all hyped up over George Floyd and then made some moves they probably shouldn't have made. Well, that's where this comes in. Kendi already laid off. The center's founder and pioneer of the anti-racism movement, activist Ibram X. Kendi, already laid off half his staff earlier this month. But now BU's official inquiry is putting Kendi's entire operation under scrutiny. Our next guest, Chris Rufo, is a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute and author of America's Cultural Revolution, How the Radical Left Conquered Everything. Uh, you know, it's really interesting to me right now that as these... When the social justice movement came in, everybody was really really wanted to see justice done. I think a lot of people did want to see justice done. Here was a problem. They didn't know what justice looked like, but they thought it felt odd that people were coming at them saying, here's what you got to do. Here's If you want justice, here's how you got to engage. You got to give up this. Um, I remember at a church in Minneapolis, one of the guys came in from Chicago who was planting churches in the ghetto and said, listen, if you don't find yourself, and this is back in 2007, six, said, if you don't find yourself under black leadership, then you have a problem. It's like, it was not underneath a good elder. I don't even know what Bible verse that is. Lindsay says, yes, this judge is 915. All right. But with this, with, with Kendi, like he just kind of came out of nowhere. He's getting all this money. And I think there was a fear of this, of kind of crossing the social justice movement, because since they were getting money, they could control whether or not you were, they were the new priest in one way or another. You have a pass. You don't have a pass. You can operate freely in your company because you pay, put your little pinch of incense on the altar. And so therefore you get a pass. And one of the things that I think Christians have to, I'm going to try and meet this time. I promise. Oh, I'm, I got four minutes. One of the things I think, oh, thank you. You sent me an image of the text. Thank you. One of the things I think that Christians have to remember is that God's world is intentionally made to be slippery for pagans and for people who don't fear him, for people who act um, in fear of trusting God. When they don't trust God, they can't hold and maintain their traction in this world. Christians— who fear the Lord and trust God have a nat and, and operate within his standards and laws have a natural form of traction in this world. And we don't tend to act like we do. Um, thank you, Darren. We tend to actually be a little more fearful and want to keep our heads down and just try and do our thing and act like everything's going to be all right. And when, it, when, when this whole social justice thing came in, there were just a few people who were pushing against it. 
and and not just that, but even with like the 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 squad and the whole um, not just the woke stuff, but the feminist movement. Everybody they get scared to want to talk on the subject and make bold statements like women shouldn't. Here you go, my brother who was talking to me earlier, Thomas. Women shouldn't be police officers. No, they shouldn't be police officers. Of course not. Um, and we tend not to be bold, but this is what's really important. I'm gonna finish playing this clip. The wicked can't maintain traction in this world. And so as Christians, we need to be the type of people that sees the wicked rise up. And we should say, man, his foot is going to slip pretty soon. There's no way. And then we should be outworking them and moving faster and building better because we know we actually have traction. So this research center received tens of millions of dollars in donations, Chris, but only tens of millions of dollars. Tens of millions of dollars. Just keep that in your head. Only produced two original research papers. Oh, my goodness. Tens of millions of dollars and two research papers. Christian, because we have traction in this world and because what we do to the glory of God will not go unblessed and unseen and actually have an effect in the world, we can run with the type of faith that outworks everybody else because we know that God is going to use it either to bring judgment or to bring blessing. And so when we work and when we engage with the traction that we have, we look at the people and say, man, they're not going to make it. They're not going to survive. Saida Grundy, he was about two papers. That's what he produced two papers. Tens of millions of dollars, and we've been afraid of these guys. They can't even produce papers. They can't work. And they're outworking us. Boston University sociology professor who was affiliated with the center said, quote, commensurate to the amount of cash and donations taken in, the outputs were minuscule. What did you expect? So a lot of people are wondering, where'd all that money go? Well, this is a part of a pattern that we saw in 2020. You saw record donations to groups like Black Lives Matter, uh, to groups like Ibram Kendi's so-called anti-racism center. And now fast forward three years, what we've seen is that uh, the BLM organization, the leaders looted it. Uh, they headed for the hills. They decamped to their mansions and left the organization in shambles. And Their institutions aren't going to stand. That's why they got to steal ours, and we don't protect them very well. Two papers? Come on. My kids do more than that. Now we have Ibram Kendi. And they don't have a whole bunch of money, just telling you. Kendi's anti-racism center. This is really the most spectacular academic failure in many years. Uh, they, they hoovered up uh, 40 plus million dollars, produced almost no research. Even a single research scholar could produce more than two papers <laughs> in, in two or three years. Um, this is really what's at the heart of this movement. It's empty, it's nihilistic, it has nothing of substance. It's all about taking in cash, producing nothing. Uh and we should have known this from the beginning, though. Yeah, Darren, we are in the wrong business. We should have known this in the beginning. You know you can't steal in God's world and get away with it. We know that a man reaps exactly what it is he sows. We know what kind of universe God has made. Is God mocked? Why do we act like God's mocked? God's not mocked. Get to work. Stop letting these people outwork you. They can't outproduce you.
They can't outproduce the mom that's staying at home with seven kids. My wife has written more than these guys. And she's teaching kids how to write and spell. And this, these, these are the people that we're afraid of. These are the ones we got to be careful and be winsome about. You know how much winsome crap we heard from the SBC? Be winsome. You got guys like Jonathan Lehman going to BLM marches. Get out of here. Come on, man. These people don't work and they whooping us. Somewhat, 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 somewhat. Because this is this is the part that's a little difficult. It's not able to stand. It's just, it's just, it can't maintain. Insanity is not a long-term, um, it's, it can't last long-term. It's it's not stable. So when we see these things, we should get real comfortable, grab our drinks, and say, I wonder how God is going to topple this. And then tell somebody to hold our beer while we get to work. I mean, it's natural. We don't even have to push hard in this stuff. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got to take you to somewhere. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to Joshua chapter two. I'm not going to finish this clip with Kendi because I I think the point's made. They, they, They didn't produce anything. They got tens of millions of dollars and they didn't work. Unfortunately, we shouldn't be like them. But let me bring you let me bring you somewhere because I said this the other day and I really want to make this very clear. And yes, this is a marvelous Monday because God's world is made in such a way that the wicked, their feet doesn't get any traction. Let me take you to Joshua, Joshua chapter two. Yes, Darren, I know I sound like a preacher now. I'm sorry. I'm gonna get done. I'm, I'm, and in closing, which means you're gonna have another 30 minutes. Now, before they lay down, she came up to them at the roof. Now, let me catch you up. This is, so Joshua starting off, Moses just died. Hold my beer and let me watch God work. Yeah, yeah, Moses just died. Joshua just got the reins. He has sent spies into Jericho to check out the land. <laughs> my kids, we were laughing about this. Um, and my kids said, he learned not to send 12. <laughs> That was funny. Um, he's like, two seems to be really good. Because last time, the two were the only ones that came back with a good report. Twelve might be a little more complicated. Um, and he learned from that. So my kids, I love the fact that they be paying attention. So now, this is a conversation with Rahab, the harlot. Listen to this. Now, before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Oh, she does, does she? Their generation before that didn't even know that the Lord had given them the land. That the terror of you has fallen on us. Oh. And that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Now, I want you to pay attention to this because they didn't just become faint-hearted. We've had 40 years of being in the wilderness that they were supposed to take the land. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, they're hearing about God protecting and maintaining and and fighting for his people. They're hearing about how Egypt has fallen. Keep listening. Um, And the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan. I sound like those Hebrews. Read. I'll, I'll be my own amen corner. Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Now listen to this. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. 
neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. Why? I'll tell you why. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Did you, did you notice when they became afraid? 40 years ago. They didn't become afraid because of the new generation was here. They became afraid 40 years ago when they were coming out of Egypt before they could actually really do anything. Their hearts were gripped with fear because they knew that only a God that was with his people can do the things that their God was doing and their heart fainted. And so Jericho and the Canaanites got a 40 year stay because the children of Israel refused to trust God and instead became fearful. And they allowed their enemies to have a longer stay in the land than they actually should have had. Let that sink in for a second. I, I tell you, I was thinking to myself, I was like, Lord, what in the, what, what, what is, where am I? Where is Knott's and his family? Where are we not trusting you right now, not having faith in you right now that we are giving a stay of 40 years to our enemies? Where is the land that we should be taking? Where is the direction that we should be going? Where should we be winning at that we are refusing to give you all the trust and glory? And, and, and we might be a ragtag bunch of people. But if God is working for us, surely God is going to deliver this land into our hand. Let me tell you something. Do you know? Do you know that Jesus rose from the dead and that all authority has been given him in heaven and on earth? The reason the gospel is so powerful is because Christ has the authority over heaven and earth, and he has actually bought this with his blood. We have it better. Oh, my goodness. Y'all better stop up here. I'm going to get my own organ coming up here. We have it better than the children of Israel. We have it better than those people who were crossed. When, when, when the whole ocean stood up, the Red Sea, when it stood up for the children of Israel and the world heard about it, we have it better than them because God him. Yeah, come on, somebody. I know that's right. You but. Because God himself has come here to this earth, taken our sins upon it, restored the authority of Adam himself as the king of the world, and given that authority back to us in Christ and has raised from the dead. Are you kidding me? And you afraid of Ayanna? We can't beat Ayanna Presley? But notice what happened. Deuteronomy chapter 32. When we start allowing idols, when we turn from God, then they know because we get the math wrong. We do politics wrong in math. Ayanna Presley is chasing us. We're not chasing her. Remember the song of Moses in 32, Deuteronomy 32? The song of Moses came to play because God said, when you go, Moses, they'll forget about me and they will turn to idols. And he said, write a song for them, that they memorize this, that they can sing it throughout the generations so that they remember this. In that song of Moses, I think it was uh, 32, uh, 35, you see 
that they started saying that, hey, we can put one of us or chase out a thousand of them because we know how can how can it be that one of us can chase a thousand of them unless their God has forsaken them? Because they knew this nation wasn't great. Five of them were supposed to chase a thousand. The math is broken. It's not, we think, oh, we need 500 people in order to be able to fight against 500 people, but that's not how biblical math works. Let's get the biblical math right. Five of us are supposed to put out some hundreds. Five of us. But when we're getting chased, one of them will put a thousand of us to flight. But it's supposed to be the other way around. And biblical math doesn't look at the numbers the same way. Faithfulness produces a small group of people that can conquer a large property. But when you're unfaithful, when you're getting chased, when you've not honored God, and Ayanna Presley will take over Hall of Massachusetts, that hurts. Man, y'all, we got to get back on our knees. We got to get our our own houses cleaned up. And I'm not saying to start at the political level. Y'all know I don't believe that. I'm telling you, make your houses and your homes. God is always either using his people to conquer the nations or using the nations. I think he's going to say, or using the nations to judge his people. That's right, pastor. I always feel good having a pastor come in here and amen what I'm saying. We have to get things right at home. There is a, whenever you start seeing that the people of God or a, a nation that claims to be Christian in so many ways is getting run off by people like by Ayanna Presley, who can just bold face, I'm sorry, bald face lie that even Jake Taper is like, ah. and we're getting chased by that. We need to put some more calluses on our knees. And we need to get to work. Trust the Lord. Get things right in your house. Have your wife on your team. I'm telling you, I've seen more men compromise in very um, hard moments and challenging moments in Christendom because their wives aren't on their team. Get you a woman. Man, marry a woman who was like, I love the scene from, what was it, um, the uh, 300? She's like, come back with your shield or on it. Get you a woman like that. And when you go and fight, she got you. Like, it's going to be, she going to fight at home and you going to fight out there. Get you somebody who can stand with you, stand with truth. So when they come, because I'm going to tell you, if you know how battle is done, the one that we're fighting against always like to come for our women because that knows where we soft at. And men don't disciple their wives very well. And they need to do a better job at it because that's where the levers will be. It is always in your home. That's why you have to be qualified from your home because that's where all the levers are at. That qualifies you in the home. Can you manage your house? What does kids look like? Does his wife love the Lord? Is she training other younger women? Is she teaching her children to love God and to love her husband? Does she obey her husband? Yes, I said that like that. If she don't, then he ain't the one. He ain't the one. We don't need him. Go get the one that has that all together. Because when it comes time for war and things get hot, I'm telling you, they will always come for your women.
They will come for your wives. It won't be the way you think it is. And so if you ain't got the home shored up, you better believe that when things get, when you get into the heat of battle, you will fall. Because when your wife comes, you say, baby, do we have to do this? Does it have to be? This? I just want peace. I don't want to do this. It seems like you're always in a battle. You're always in a fight. Oh, can we just, can we just for once not do this? Yeah. That's on you. That's on you, player. You got to be the one to be like, you, 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 you have poured into your wife in such a way that when she hears the sound of the enemy coming, she goes and grabs the sword for you and a shield and say, babe, I'll be here when you get back. And if you ain't rolling like that, you better, you better be careful. You better go, go hold somebody else's armor who is and then make sure you're not in the way. Because you will fall. So that's why the qualifications for an elder are directly from his home. Because he will be attacked. Because that's the best way to scatter the sheep. Man, I wasn't even planning on talking about all of that. But here's the good news. Here's, there's so much good news. And this is why it's a marvelous Monday. I'm going to try to wrap this up with this, with, um, with my music. Hold on here. Here's why it's a marvelous Monday. Because God is so good that even in oh, Israel's turning to idols, God knew that they were going to turn to idols. He knew that they were going to forget him. And he said, Moses, write a song so that they know when I make, when I make hay with their idols and I ask them where are their priests to, to, sacrifice for them and they've all left and turned away and they I'm going to make hay with their idols so that they can see that I am the one true God and they know how to come back to me As somebody just comment Lindsay said I hope her response is our peace is with God so we best fight for it <laughs> um but God knew that Israel was going to turn away. And so he is he's provided for them, even in the turning away to call him back to himself. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And, and he's designed. The world is completely different after a man has died and come back from the dead. Not just any man, but the one who bore our sacrifices. We're not living in the same world. The, the, the devil is not. The, the one who's running things. This is God's world now. He is ruling and he is reigning. And the operation of this world is completely different. It's designed that Christians who are faithful to the Lord get the traction. It's designed that the wicked's foot slips. And even when the Christians are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, the pagans still can't get traction. They fall apart. Go back and read numbers, man. I'm telling you, when you go back and read numbers, as they're spending their time trying to get uh, the, the, the children of Israel, trying to spend their time getting their feet underneath them, there's a point where God is telling them to be kind to their brothers and be kind to Lot's family, be kind to um, uh, the, the their, um, oh, I can't remember his name right now. But if you read it, you'll figure it out. You can tell me. It's to be kind to them because they've been out here <laughs> and they've been killing giants. While the children of Israel are sitting here having a problem taking over Canaan because they're not fighting this, this other group of their extended relatives, Lot's family and oh, Esau's family, they're out here fighting and killing giants. But you, you couldn't trust the Lord. 
And yet God is still faithful. <laughs> He's still faithful. So repent. See his work that these people. Their foot's going to slip. Because the world isn't designed to work the way that they're trying to make it work. And that's what's really marvelous about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has made the world new. It functions completely different. And none of this stuff can sustain it. Insanity can't sustain itself. So get yourself right and go take some dominion in your home first, with your family first. Create joyful warriors in your home first. Get your wife on board with you that she's sharpening your sword for you saying, here you go, baby. Leave none. And that's what's so amazing. What a marvelous day. This is Knox Unleashed. I went over 